Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. We're doing politeness today, Marinella. You ready? We sure are. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you were politely late today, but that's okay. <laughs> I was absolutely politely late. I, I didn't know if we were, yeah. I wasn't sure if we were trying to play into the boundaries thing from last week. I was like, is this, is is, is Liz trying me right now? <laughs> What's happening? But it was three minutes. So then I was like, you're being ridiculous. It's fine. <laughs> well, thank goodness you texted because I, it's Tuesday. We typically record on Tuesdays. I apparently lost track that it was a Tuesday and was literally drying myself a bath and had no idea I was supposed to be recording or prepping to record with you. So thank goodness you politely waited three minutes and then, (laughs) which is an appropriate amount of time, and then texted me to be like, where are you? Why are you not here? (laughs) Is it me? Is it me? I don't know. Definitely Um, not So Liz is is in the bathtub right now as we podcast. That's the moral of the story. We're moving podcasts to the bathtub. Oh, man. I would love to. What do you think the acoustics would be like? Like, Do we think this could work? Fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. Right? Probably terrible. I also like how I was more concerned about acoustics than me just exposing my new body (laughs) to you. (laughs) It's fine. I don't I, I don't think I've not seen it before, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. true. But still, yeah. I wouldn't want to subject you to weekly uh, podcast recordings from my bathtub. Let's, I mean, let's have some decency. Maybe, maybe when we start to monetize this, we can get it in that direction. But <laughs> it's going to be a while. Monetize it on OnlyFans instead of having like advertisers is that what you mean because i'm not sure how else uh we would be monetizing this <laughs> whatever we got to do to make it happen i have no idea i tried to log into anchor to do the social media linking and it just was i was like i don't know what i'm doing let's end it now Ah, uh, oh man such growth and yet such amazing gaps in knowledge we still have uh well politeness though i do feel like i know some th- some stuff about that i'm a i'm a relatively polite person relatively yeah i would consider you polite in in a good way not in the ways that perhaps we are going to touch on today yeah yeah so gina davis actor uh from thelma and louise and uh oh my gosh why can't i think of the rockford peaches what's that movie no crying in baseball a league of their league own, of their own. what the f i know what a what a brain Today's fart I, know. <laughs> I, told, I told you i did not realize it was tuesday apparently i can't think of the movie a league of their own um beetlejuice she's in that as well i just watched it recently mm-hmm. well she just came out with a, a i guess it's a collection of essays but i think it's also being called a memoir because all of the essays are um things that have happened in her life and the book uh this collection of essays is called dying of politeness and it's all about how she has kind of tried to become more um assertive and advocate for herself and not just always do the polite thing out of habit um in the way she was socialized Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet, but I did buy it uh, because the topic interests me a ton. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun for you and I to talk about. 
Do you think they have it on audiobook? Because that's that's Ooh. more my jam, Audible. I don't know, but you know, they may. And I hope Gina Davis reads it because uh, I'm sure she could... You know, sometimes I'm like an author maybe shouldn't be the one who reads their book, but I feel like an actor as talented as Gina mm-hmm. Davis should be reading her own book. So I do hope it's on Audible, but I don't know the answer to that. I'll let you know. I'll be looking it up. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, I guess a good place to start is uh, taking it back. Uh, you know, where where does child where does childhood, where does politeness come from? Int our childhood um and, yep. <laughs> you know like how do we teach our kids about this concept of politeness or how are kids taught about politeness um I think those probably go a bit hand in hand so what are some of your thoughts yeah I mean as a kid obviously some of the best thing some of my favorite things about kids is how they say whatever comes to mind and sometimes you have to like re direct them in a way that isn't isn't going to be so offensive which if you look up the de- the definition of politeness it is the practical application of good manners or etiquette so as not to offend others mm. so like little kids do it all the time like I, I can't tell you how many times a kid has offended me I, 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 have, I have no time to tell you this whole podcast but right. that's usually where you're like hey we need to teach you how to like maybe be a little less sharp with what you say or keep from saying certain things which is good but I mean it can get a little bit over the top mm-hmm. do you think that we teach little boys this concept of politeness differently than little girls because I agree with you kids just I mean the beauty of kids is you know exactly what's on their mind they will tell you they will just come out and say it but do you think we as adults, especially parents as well, um, react differently to when a little boy says it versus a little girl or no? I think with little boys, it's like almost expected that they're going to be a little bit more like, I don't know, I don't want to say like gross or rough or something where it's like, it's more of expected. But I do like see the push for parents now to make sure that their sons are like little gentlemen too. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of all the things that have, are happening nowadays where they're like kind of like, okay, you need to be well-mannered and you need to behave in this way because of everything that's come to light, you know, in mm. the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we've recognized that a lot of the way we were raised in generations before us there was certainly a gendered tilt to it, right? That women are <clears throat> praised for things like being easygoing and agreeable, um, where little boys are praised for maybe getting dirty and, you know, it's excused away when they do something as boys will be boys, right? Like, I do think there is a little bit of recognition that We've historically done that, and that maybe isn't the best way in general to raise children. So I do think, yeah, I do think it's shifting for sure. So I'm curious, like, you know, when we're older and the kids of today are adults, you know, I think we'll notice that even more. Um, But 
I, I was reading this Washington Post article and, um, you know, I was talking a bit about the double standards and they uh, they cite some polls where they talk to and these are obviously grown adults, um, but like men like condoned jokes or comments about things like people's race or their gender or their sexuality um, much at much higher rates than like women condone those things. Uh, and again, these are, of course, yeah. the adults of today's world. Uh, and then of, what were some of the other statistics here? Um, again, men are more likely to say it's okay for people to use swear words in public, where women are less likely to think that that's appropriate. And I, and I also think we are shocked more when we hear like women swear in public versus men. Like men, it's kind of expected that they behave that way. And we're, we're women, it's like, <gasps> you know, clutch my pearls that you're behaving this way yeah. in public, right? And again, I think that is shifting and changing because we're recognizing that that's a double standard. Um, but I do think that that traces back to the way in which we're socialized as kids, the, the behaviors that are boys are allowed to do and girls are corrected on um and the things that we praise little girls on versus little boys yeah i think it's a shock to people when they hear like my language at times they may if they don't know me well yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like they just are like what's coming out of her mouth but like i i wasn't right i mean i was raised to be polite but i definitely did not hear <laughs> women in my family like kind of zipping it up they never really did that mm -hmm. um not when they were at home that's for sure so maybe it's cultural too could be yeah absolutely could be um i will say i went and saw lizzo on sunday uh she puts on oh, did you she puts on a phenomenal show uh but you know everyone was definitely like what time is it, it it's bad bitch o'clock uh so I do feel like women are trying to embrace these curse words and, you know, uh, and and openly saying them publicly. And, you know, I think this whole like calling yourself a bitch is a bit about taking the power away from men who use bitch as a derogatory word toward women. Um, and also just an embrace of like language that we typically wouldn't have said again, because I think we are. We tend to be more polite publicly. So, anywho, it was bad bitch o'clock. Yeah, I've noticed when you swear in front of a guy that, like, he will kind of amp his up more. And then it can it can get a little uncomfortable, too, because, I don't know, I've, I've been in the room with some people where they, they kind of realize that I'm not, like, so prim and proper. And mm -hmm. the kind of shit that then comes out of their mouth after that, I'm like, I, maybe I wish I kind of didn't think you know I was this cool about it. You know, it's just a fine line, I guess. Mm -hmm. So back to this Washington Post uh, article I was reading, they had uh, they linked to a, a study done in 2015, um, and they tested men and women speaking in angry tones. And if they came across, you know, people rated if they came across as like credible or persuasive and men are much more likely 
to come across as credible and persuasive when they use angry tones. Whereas women um, who speak forcefully, uh, they, you know, the people who are rating it uh, describe them as emotional and untrustworthy. So I think it's interesting that like we link women who are not polite as hysterical a bitch you know all these other words Mm -hmm. right whereas men it's like you're allowed a certain amount of anger or non-politeness and that somehow translates to them being like credible and capable (laughs) like it's just kind of again it's a double standard right I mean, I feel like you're just talking about Donald Trump now, straight up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, it kind of started in politics. Like, I was reading, like, like the history of, like, when politeness, and it was kind of, like, in the 1800s, mm-hmm. where Thomas Jefferson was pretty much pushing this value of, like, good humor or politeness to win people over, to basically manipulate them into being more agreeable. And I think it's funny that... I think Donald Trump's one of the only people that completely threw that out the window and and people loved it. And it's like, is it because he's being authentic or is it because you those people are just so unaccustomed to politeness? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is an interesting, right, thought. Um, why do you think, because it does sound like we both agree that you know, politeness is something we start learning at a young age based on feedback we're given by like adults, teachers, parents, um, and that there is like a socialization aspect to it where little girls are, you know, taught a little differently than boys, although that that probably is changing. But, you know, as adult women, yes, we're socialized into it, but why do you, do you think that there's reasons why we continue well into adulthood this politeness i think because we think it's gonna it's gonna get us somewhere or you know not creating waves is going to be like show that you're i guess more stable that's why i've always done it where i mean i've definitely been polite to people who didn't deserve to have my politeness Mm -hmm. and in a sense it kind of got them to back off of me a little bit or go easier on me than i probably would have if I had either not said anything polite or said how I really felt mm-hmm. yeah I do think there's still this like not wanting to appear emotional or needy or bitchy right because immediately you get labeled with that um, so even though I think m- women tend to realize they are more polite than men at a certain point I don't think you can escape the like social norms of it. And if you do, I think it's met with a lot more pushback. Because again, how many of those people have you thought of in like corporate America where a woman makes it to the top and she's deemed like a cunt or a bitch automatically? And I'm not saying that there mm-hmm. aren't some women who are not cunts or bitches. They exist. Um, but I think so often it's like very easy to hate those women who climb a corporate ladder as those things even though they're doing the exact same thing as the men in their positions yeah and and I feel like women are polite to each other too and it's like what 
let's give it up like we know what's going on here yeah i'm playing the game you're playing the game why are we doing this to each other like that's that bothers me more because i i can just tell sometimes it's so forced and it's it's a relief when you can meet somebody that just like kind of drops all that and you don't have to do it and you're like oh, okay you're not doing it i don't have to do it either Hmm. yeah yeah there's also this I, I i was thinking about you know you know how i'm sure you've heard this where people are like no is a complete sentence as in like you don't have to give a qualifier for the reason you're saying no you can just say no and not have to like explain away your reasons or justify it and i think so often women struggle with saying no and they often feel that they have to like qualify it or or give a reason um god where was I going with this I just lost my point on it but uh I think that I guess ties into politeness as well because no to me feels just like so harsh to say no and I feel like if I'm gonna say no to something I have to like soften it in some way and give a reason or a qualifier um and I think that that's related to this politeness and that like okay I'll say no but I have to do it in a polite way and a polite way means adding a qualifier to it would you consider like no thank you is that is that too much i, I mean, mean that, to me is polite that's, that's polite. as polite as you can get and being direct that's polite but i i tend to say that with like smaller things right like someone's like would you like uh you know whipped cream on your hot cocoa and i'm like no thank you that i think is fine mm-hmm. uh it's more i guess i'm thinking more like uh you know you've been asked to do this like big thing at work and you already have way too much on your plate um and you're trying to say no to that or or someone in your personal life is asking a, a major favor of you and you want to say no um, or just like yeah. a man is making like a you know again I kind of go back to like some sort of relationshipy or whatever and they're making some sort of make me a sandwich demand and you can just say <laughs> no but for some reason I think I would have to qualify it not no but fuck no (laughs) yeah Um, that's what i really need to embrace saying (laughs) yeah i i think i do that as well especially in the workplace i i got an im from somebody about asking me to do something that was like above and beyond what i was already doing and i just i instantly replied back without thinking i said i do not have the capacity to add that to my list no yeah and he just gave me a thumbs up and never replied back to me so i was like well i mean a thumbs up is good enough for me oh totally and i think you hit but i was that. like fuming you know what i mean i was like i can't believe you're asking me to do something additional but i did in a sense give alternatives to what he was asking me so in a way i think i did kind of provide a softer approach after that i was like but i could do this Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, it was it was actually like polite after I was a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like trying to say that there's not room. Like, I, I, Look, in a professional setting, I think it still behooves you to have some politeness at times. I also think like with your friends and family and loved ones, like there's a reason to be polite. You know, uh, I just think we are so concerned like I am so often concerned with like not offending somebody that like my energy is so focused on like not offending them I'm not thinking about 
how much of an imposition or burden or whatever it is on me. It's like my, Mm -hmm. again, my needs in that situation are secondary to me not offending them. (laughs) You know, which is outrageous to say. Like, as I say it, I realize it's outrageous. But I think it's very true of me. I'm often thinking about what's the nicest way to not offend somebody in this situation and politely decline. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in in a way, like I don't know if everybody's like this, probably not, but like I've always struggled to make sure that everybody liked me. And I've only like recently decided it's not really my job and it's not really like my right to kind of like portray something in a way just to make sure that you like me. Mhm. Yep. That's like a waste of time. It's dishonest. It's just yeah, but it's like a knee-jerk thing to be like, oh, I need to act out in this way and say what you want to hear so that I'm a more likable person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this leads kind of well, I think, into, you know, are there any moments that you can recall where you've struggled to speak up or advocate for yourself, um, you know, because of maybe not wanting to offend somebody? And I will lead, not with a personal example, but back to my Gina Davis example. So this, um, I think I think this is one of the essays in her book, and there's video of it that's kind of resurfaced. And this is, I think, back in like 1990 or late, either late 80s or early 90s, the Arsenio Hall show. Remember that show, way that late night oh, show yeah. way back in the day? yeah. 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 So Bill Murray and Gina Davis are a guest on the show. And like the way his setup was, they were both sitting on the same couch. So there was nothing like dividing them. They were on the couch together, which is fine. That's how like a lot of talk shows are. And um, Bill Murray is like, I mean, you can sense how fucking uncomfortable Gina Davis is. Bill Murray is just like completely invading her personal space, leaning into her and then like stroking her arm up and down like repeatedly up from like the shoulder to the elbow and just like very uh intimate touching and she is clearly fucking uncomfortable as shit and she's trying to just like she like kind of accidentally goes to talk and like elbows him because he's in her fucking space and she like apologizes about it right she instinctively is like oh sorry you know because like he's in her space but somehow she's apologizing even though he's fucking groping her and she's uncomfortable um and then during this interview she talks about how they met at some previous point And he, Bill Murray, gets out this thumper massager and offers to, like, massage her back. And she's like, no, like, no, and trying to, like, gently turn him down. But it went back to, like, some power dynamics, right? Like, Bill Murray was, at the time, a very big star in Hollywood, you know, has connections, right? Gina Davis, I think, was still more up and coming at the time. And so it's like you don't want to get blacklisted in the industry you want to work by pissing off this guy and this is like another layer to this politeness um is when there's power dynamics at play then you feel like you have to you can't always say fuck off 
Yeah, and it's hard to say fuck off to pretty much... I mean, most men, especially if you get in a one-on-one situation with them. I mean, I, I feel like I bring up the UPS driver a lot, but have, <laughs> have I, it's relentless. And, you know, this guy's asked me to have drinks with him. He's texted me. I've told him I don't drink. I'm gay. I was in a five-year relationship. The first time he asked me, I said, I'm pretty much married. And it's like I've been so polite about it. And at this point, I just don't interact with him if he shows up i instruct somebody else to go deal with him and that's just how i have to handle it now unfortunately because my politeness hasn't worked and my next stop is i mean who, who do i call i'm gonna fuck up your route i don't know what, what else to say i need you off me like that's it yeah well i would say definitely but. don't call ghostbusters because apparently bill murray <laughs> will show up and just do the same shit to you so well, but, but that, that, that scenario comes up so much with like men hitting on you and for some reason it's like you're trying to preserve, I guess, their sense of pride for them and just kind of let them, let them down gently or, you know, in a normal way that somebody might take a hint. But I mean, they're dense half the time. What's... <laughs> What's wrong with just saying no, no fucking way? Yeah. Not ever. Yeah. Well, I will say that it, right, if you are a woman and you're not in a public space, even if you're in a public space, it really kind of depends. There is, there is a safety component to this. Like if you Mm -hmm. put your foot down with a man and he doesn't like that, um, you know, he's physically stronger than you. And if he wants to flip his shit and get angry, um, you know, you might be in a very unsafe situation. So mm-hmm. I do think, you know, I do think, and I apologize because I know these sirens are going to pick up on the podcast and we've been so good without sirens recently. But if you're driving <laughs> your car, if you're driving your car, it's not you. There's not sirens behind you. It's us. Um, but, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I was saying something, but, oh, that it can be unsafe. And so that's like another layer to it too. I mean, this is a situation I think I've brought up once on the podcast where happened a couple months ago, it was like 7am in the morning. I went to the coffee shop to pick up coffee. I left and right across the street is a 24 hour diner. Um, and these guys, come out and they immediately swarm around me get in my personal space it's two men they're looking me up and down like you know making sexualized comment cat call comments to me and they're like inches from me right and I really really wanted to be like you need to fuck right off um but it Mm -hmm. obviously was unsafe like there was not many people around it was just me and these two dudes so I had to walk right back into the coffee shop because I also didn't want to signal where I lived and have them follow me into the building. Um, so I do think that, you know, that's granted, I wasn't polite to these guys. I didn't say anything. I just turned around and walked away. Um, but I also couldn't do what I wanted to do in that moment either. And I think that's another tough layer to this. Yeah. I mean, to me, silence is kind of polite sometimes where you're just kind of like eh. yeah if you don't have something nice to say don't say it at all I mean that can be that's that can be polite or unpolite depending on 
I guess a scenario but for sure I mean the way those two dudes acted they deserved a you know like a swift kick to the balls but I really wasn't in a position to safely do that so uh they did they they did kind of get a polite response just me turning around and not engaging um they deserved a far far more penis painful experience than I was able to provide (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna get you that pocket knife girl (laughs) (sighs) oh yeah any other moments that you can think of where you've struggled to like or that you've just your reaction was to be very polite and you wish it hadn't been I mean in the service industry 100% of the time I had to be mostly polite I mean that's like your livelihood and some people are just so nasty um and every ounce of you just wants to say everything that they're giving you back to them but you you literally just be polite and it's it is difficult it's a really hard thing to do but mm-hmm. well and i've waited on like celebrities that were disgustingly rude and uh, those are the people like like you said the power dynamic where mm-hmm. you're like oh god i have to be nice because if i don't be nice then like the freaking ceo of this chain restaurant's coming for me and you, you just you have to do it mm-hmm. and honestly even if it's not per se a um celebrity there still is a bit of a power dynamic in that you are relying on that person to make a wage. And yes, if only one table doesn't tip you, you still probably make a good wage for the evening. Um, but you're, there is still a power dynamic there where like because they're the ones paying you the money you earn for your time serving their table, um, you know, it it does. It ties your hands. They They... They have a little more leash to be rude where you have to be polite. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my heroes in those scenarios were people that were sitting nearby. Oh, I love um, it. Listening and that would get up and go off on these people. And that's kind of me now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the gym recently and this girl had signed up for a member, wanted to sign up for a membership. And I guess she thought the price was something else and she was just like, she was hammering this poor girl behind the counter that just like checks people in and like does like whatever clerical stuff and she was just going off on her and I was just sitting there waiting for my class to start and I finally I couldn't take it anymore I was like dude if you can't afford the gym membership here like the prices are on the wall then you can't you can't come here that's just it's that's just how it is like there's no point in like beating this poor girl up about it she has no power to change the price and after that she said i think i'll think about it and she walked out the door (laughs) but like i i can't stand people who do that just because i mean they're not being polite at all obviously they're being unhinged but right that person is being paid to be friendly and and probably kind to you or polite and you're taking advantage and I hate that shit. Oh. Don't ever do it to me on a date. Don't ever do it to me when I'm on a date with you. That's the end. Oh, that is such a deal breaker. <laughs> oh, that's an upcoming topic. We're doing deal breakers. That's a deal breaker for me when you treat your server or service personnel in general um, shitty. Yeah, that's a big red flag for me. Uh, I, yeah. I kind of have this like... <laughs> 
these like fantasies about being in moments where I can step up <laughs> and like you need to shut up and treat her with respect and I'm just like do it Liz. waiting well I feel like I haven't had these opportunities too much um but I will I guess oh, I'll come to Florida <laughs> yeah I mean they exist in Fucking Chicago animals. but <laughs> I will I will say this actually does remind me of one time this is not my politeness story but this is my mother's politeness story I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast or not I may have um because I feel like you know some of what we're talking about today we did a a podcast on assertiveness an episode on assertiveness Mm -hmm. and I feel like you know those kind of uh there is a lot of parallels to these two topics uh, but anyways, back when I was in college, my mother went to uh, get a new kitten at the uh, rescue at the animal shelter. And we were in the way it works is like when you see the kitten you want, you take like the little card and you go up and there are these two brothers and my mother just won one of them. So she gets the card and is like going up and the woman behind us. Is like, oh, I see you have the card for these two kittens. She's like, I was coming to get them today. I, I came in yesterday and saw them and decided I wanted them. And um, my mom's like, well, I'm actually just getting one if you want the other one. And this woman just starts guilt tripping, laying it in, right? How mm-hmm. how could you split up these two kittens? Meanwhile, there had been a third sibling that had already been like adopted three or four days before. I'm like... <laughs> You need to, every cat that's ever been part of a letter. Just might as well seal the deal. Right. Like, come on, ma'am. Stop guilt tripping. But my mom was like, like, I could see her going to hand the card to this woman. Like, just give it to her. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is the one time I was like, bitch, you need to back off. This is my mom's cat. Like, if you had, you said you came here yesterday and saw them then why didn't you fucking take them we would have never known the cats existed my mom would have ended up picking a different cat you should have taken them then that's your anyways um that was one of the times that i was able not you know to to not be polite unlearn to to be assertive that's the word i'm looking for um yeah i could do it for other people better you lose you lose right also, I could do it a little mm-hmm. bit better for other people than myself. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty good about doing it for me now. Unfortunately, mm. <laughs> or fortunately, I don't. I was know. gonna say fortunately. No, absolutely fortunately. Yeah. So um, here is an example from a TV show, which again kind of is like a little tongue in cheek um, about politeness and about how. Like, it's a comedy show, but it also has a serious argument to it. So, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Do you remember the show? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't. I do kind of. I think so, yeah. I, I watched very little of it. I was going to say, do not make me sing the opening lyrics. I promise, listeners, I would stop singing. But it has Oof. a very, like, okay. notable... Uh, what's that theme song theme song uh, so it's a Tina okay. Fey show she wrote it and it's about these women who were kidnapped by somebody and like kept underground and they're re- in the very first yeah. episode they're rescued but they've been like held captive for so long that they're having to just like learn to be adults in this world that they're unfamiliar with so 
in the first episode they're being interviewed by Matt Lauer which also just side note shows you how old the show <laughs> is because yeah you would not choose Matt Lauer to be doing this interview even on your you know show anyways so Matt Lauer is asking them about like you know how did they become captured like what are the moments and one of the characters was saying how she waited on the perpetrator a bunch of times at the steakhouse she worked at and one night he invited her out to his car for some baby rabbits or to see some of the baby rabbits he had and she's like I didn't want to be rude so here we are and um, Matt Lauer (laughs) responds I'm always amazed at women that will do, uh, or what do you say? I'm always amazed at what women will do because they're afraid of being rude. And I'm just like, that is mm-hmm. interesting because a man probably been like, no, nah, I don't care about the rabbits. I don't care to see them. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of want to see some baby rabbits, but that's like another thing. <laughs> yeah. <It's> separate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's like, um, you know, there's this, the sense of social obligation to be kind, I think, for women. And so she like, it's like, all right, I'll go to the car and see the rabbits. And now she's like victim to this horrific crime because, you know, this fucking yeah. asshole. It is kind of interesting kindness. how people like, yeah, people go and like equate politeness with kindness. But I feel like politeness is not kind. I feel like it's just lying. Mm. in a sense where you're just like okay you don't really want to do this or you don't really want to say this and it's not kind just be honest mm-hmm. yeah it's, you know it is a good point you don't have to be sharp about it you don't have to be like so hard about saying the whatever thing it is like you know i don't want to see your baby rabbits it's just you know don't play the game don't play the game yeah you know that's a good point because when I do think of politeness, there is a component of obligation to it that I feel obligated mm-hmm. to say it this way or to act this way. Whereas with kindness, you're right. That feels more like it's just like my genuine desire to act or say these things. Like it's coming from a place of just like genuinely wanting to be kind in the moment and not a sense of obligation which you're right I associate more with politeness yeah like maybe if he was talking about those baby rabbits and she was like I want to see those baby rabbits desperately mm-hmm. then maybe that's more kindness because she's at least volunteering herself for that I don't know yeah right as right. an example right no I agree I agree yeah well um, so what tips do you have for unlearning politeness or anything that you've been doing to, you know, uh, not feeling so obligated to do the polite thing? I think what I do is like, I kind of evaluate what I could handle hearing from a person. Like I can hear just about anything and be fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, if somebody's completely rude to me, my day goes on. Mm-hmm. And I've been rude to people that I really care about. And I've been rude to people that I thought like the or, or unpolite to people who I thought they weren't going to be able to handle it. And they were fine. So that's kind of how I approach it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. 
so I think we build it up in our head to like be this perfect polite person and if you just think about like you know the the times that you've endured unpoliteness or rudeness or whatever you realize that anybody else can handle that shit too right right I one of the things I have tried to be you know trying to be more conscious about is this is a good example when I write emails I like pause and reread it and I will end up typically removing a bit because I I think I do I think I tend to want to again qualify something or overly qualify something you know sometimes there is like a level of explaining why a decision is made that's needed and that's fair and valid but then there's like this overcompensation because I'm like wanting to again as I said before like come off as non-offensive and I've been trying to reread emails and edit out or remove the parts where I start like overcompensating with politeness and just leave it as what I need to say and any reasoning that supports it that's that makes sense but not all the extraneous stuff that I typically used to add and then I've tried to also do that like take that pause and think before I respond uh, when it's like a verbal response I have to give and also try to just like give myself permission not to f- feel this sense of obligation to be overly overly explanatory overly polite in my response yeah and maybe you don't need to react right away I, I feel like that people do that out of politeness mm. too is that they respond as quickly as possible because they think it's rude not to um, that's good. I sit on an email for three days before I send that thing. I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I also think just like a mind shift, and is that like politeness and rudeness are probably more on a spectrum, right? Like I sometimes think in yeah. my head, if I'm not polite, I'm rude. Like it's two sides of a coin. I'm either one or the other. But it's really probably mm-hmm. more of a spectrum, and like they're is a whole bunch of middle ground that is neither polite nor rude that's that's perfectly acceptable discourse yeah. and conversation and setting a boundary or whatever um so i'm also trying to to remind myself of that yeah it's an attractive quality to see somebody who doesn't have to be overly polite but isn't being like just terribly rude too and I don't know. More of that is needed in this world, please. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any closing thoughts on our topic today? Um, I don't know. I think I think my ultimate goal in politeness is I would like to be the way that I speak on this podcast. I would like it to be unshocking to the rest of the world because I know some people are listening and they're like, this is a side mm. of you I've never seen. Well, perhaps I was being very polite. so if you're listening this is it you know this is who I am and I just I I wish to embrace that more and for other people to feel like that's okay for them to do that too Mm, I like that because I do think I um, I'm getting a bit better about it definitely Um, I, I, I am much more outspoken than I was 
five or ten years ago um, I'm much more apt to advocate for myself um, to be assertive when it's appropriate and you know what to be fucking rude and petty when it's appropriate because you know sometimes being rude and petty that's also okay sometimes it's called for um mm-hmm. and we'll have to do an episode about being rude and petty <laughs> we should we absolutely should sure. <laughs> yeah yeah i told my boss recently that i think i've become 50 percent uh cynical and petty that that was the combination i think i felt i was like i'm trying not to be quite that much right now like that's not right i've i've that's not the balance i'm quite looking for but i do want a little bit of like doesn't give a fuck is okay being petty and rude like I want a little bit of that in my life I used to think that was the worst thing and try to eliminate it and now I'm like no I need to embrace it how did your boss react to that they definitely put you in like a category yellow on their like <laughs> like where they're like put red flag green flag They're like okay Liz is in the yellow she's about to go off not uh, sure you know in the middle actually I think my boss has a very healthy relationship with pettiness and not always being polite um I actually no she laughed about it to be quite fair uh, I think she thinks I could probably use some of that cynicism and pettiness mm-hmm. in my life so I think she was happy to hear it actually awesome perfect <laughs> oh well I love I love uh I love the idea of bringing podcast Marinella to real world Marinella it's a great place to go yeah Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, another spoiler. We have a Deal Breakers episode Hmm. coming up, but we have Halloween first. I think next week's episode's Halloween themed. Yeah, we're going to talk about spooky things. Um, And and me and Liz are going to talk about a little bit more about some of the ideas I have for that, but they're not your typical Halloween topics, but we'll get there. That was very 90s ghost, the one that sits on the patio. Uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to listen back to that and be like, that did not work how you thought it did. So you need to uh, edit that out. Just edit in the actual sound. I know. Well, I got to figure out how to do that. As I said, still have large knowledge gaps here. <laughs> yeah, you got this. Oh, well, we will catch everyone next week. Spooky times ahead. Yeah. And follow the Instagram, please. I'm tired of shouting it oh yeah what's it what's it at don't ask me to do it (laughs) (laughs) at prim and proper podcast i will link it in the show notes though look at me the end that's it the end yeah pretty self-explanatory all right next week see ya okay see ya